today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie Well, that is the theme to curb your enthusiasm. We had the sad news that reached us last night of the passing of Richard Lewis, who appeared on the 12 series of the show. We're joined here in the studio by producer-director Brian Redden and freelance arts journalist Aoife Barry. We're going to get through lots of TV and film recommendations, but the final series, Brian, of Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. has just hit our screens. It has. Get a chance to see uh, Richard Lewis's last act, if yeah. you like. You love this the whole way through. I do, yeah. So we're on, season, we're on episode four of of season 12 now so like this started it's hard to believe it started 25 years ago no it's impossible to believe like I've been watching it for 25 years like I mean Seinfeld obviously Larry David created Seinfeld along with Jerry Seinfeld and you think that was long but that only lasted about 8 years and then after that Larry the the premise of it is Larry obviously is is a comedy writer and an actor and after creating Seinfeld the real Larry David left uh, New York and moved to Los Angeles because he was a billionaire. He made a fortune, the franchising of, of Seinfeld. So he basically moved to a big house in Los Angeles and had nothing to do with him, nothing to do. He played golf, you know, he hung out with his friends, which included Richard Lewis, who he'd known since he was a kid, and his agent, who's also a close friend of his. He played golf, he went to fancy restaurants. He had nothing to do. So he created this this sitcom based around it's not even a sitcom, really. This comedy based around his life. And the idea of it is that Larry David gets all of his friends together, really brilliant comic actors, and he gives them a premise, a rough outline of what's going to happen in the episode. And then they improvise. And that, that could go terribly wrong. It sounds awful. But in fact, what you get is comedy geniuses together creating this fantastic cringe-worthy series where Larry just says the worst possible yeah. things you can imagine and gets himself in the worst possible situations. So his relationship with Richard Lewis went right back to the areas. I mean, I saw him tweeting about it yesterday. They were actually born in the same hospital three days apart. So they've been friends since yeah. then. Mm-hmm. They met each other when they were 12 years of age in summer camp and they grew up together on the, the, the comedy the, the comedy scene in New York. In, uh, in New York. And I Obviously, Richard then moved to Hollywood. He had his own problems with drinking drugs through the years, got himself clean and sober. And now he appears in Kirby Enthusiasm. I only watched him last night in an episode in Kirby Enthusiasm where he didn't look too well, it has to be said. But he plays Larry's best friend in mm-hmm. it. So he basically plays himself. Um, and their, com- their comedy, you know, riffs off each other. Well, he, I, when I watched, watched, I always find that Richard Lewis found it really hard not to laugh in those improvised yeah, yeah, scenes. Yeah. Like most of he them does, on the verge of yeah. just like losing it all the time. But not only that, he makes Larry laugh, yeah. you know. <laughs> so that you'll see, like there's a thousand clips on YouTube and Twitter at the moment, like uh, celebrating the two of them together. But watch Larry David's reaction when Richard goes off on one. Like it's genuine. He doesn't know what he's going to say. Yeah. It's all improvised. And he, he genuinely cracks up laughing a lot throughout the series. So this is the last one. And so this is it's the last one. Good. And funny enough, I was thinking when it when it's on, he always every year he does one. He says this is the last one because he is a curmudgeon, Larry David. You know, he's an awful grouch. So every year he does a season, he goes, "This is the last one." But now, sadly, I reckon this probably is the I case so. because of Richard's passing. But it's well worth watching. You know, every every season lately has had one overriding kind of. Uh, story arc and this one Larry becomes a kind of a civil rights activist by accident it's very complicated so I won't tell you how it happens but basically people are lauding him as this 
saviour and hero when he isn't really. So it, this whole series kind of deals with that and the fallout of that. Okay, so that's know? on Sky or Now and TV. Now, TV yeah. now Aoife, you're bringing us this one. I can't believe, Aoife, that you're going to be talking about this today. But let's do it. Lindsay Lohan and Irish Wish. What brings you to Ireland? A wedding. Well, congratulations. Oh, no, it's, it's not mine. <laughs> it's my friends. I can't believe Paul and Emma are getting married. You balance me out, Madeline. We do make a great team. We do. Hi, Mom. I can't help but think that things would be different if I had told Paul how I felt. You're gonna have to start speaking up for yourself. It's too late now. I wish I was marrying Paul Kennedy. So this is on Netflix the? from the 15th of March. Oh, I'm, I'm crashing it there. But anyway, you know, you, you get to hear what it's about. It's not made for us, Aoife, is it? It's made no, for the Americans. It's definitely made for the Americans. Um, it's got that kind of diddly-eye, you know, Irish uh, view of Ireland. There's not much Irish involvement in it, but it was filmed in County Wicklow. Um, and what's interesting about Irish Wish, Wish is that it's one of three films that Lindsay Lohan's made in a deal with Netflix. And it's, it's interesting because it's kind of like her next part of her career like her stab at reclaiming her career after a lot of periods of difficulty a lot of criticism over different roles she did for probably about 15 or so years you know she's she was a child star she was a child model she became very famous because of films like Freaky Friday she was a great actress um, but things went kind of south for her in many ways she became more of a tabloid figure but with this she's kind of hit a bit of a groove in a way kind of by almost making fun of herself but also leaning into that idea of doing these kind of silly films I mean People remember Leap Year, um, another film that, um, you know, looks at Ireland in a very, not very traditional way, or or not the way we would look at it, but maybe Americans look at it. And this, in this, she plays a woman called Maddie Kelly, who travels to Ireland for the wedding of her ex to her best friend. So the setup is, you know, pretty Mm -hmm. classic. But she sits on what looks like a wishing chair in the trailer. And she... We all have those, don't we? We all have those. I mean, they're scattered. I have one in my back garden. They're scattered around the country. And she says, I wish I could actually be the one married to Paul Kennedy or whatever. And it turns out she goes to sleep and she wakes up and she is getting married to him. But is he the man for her? Well, that's the question. question. Um, So I think this will be one of the ones like Blackbird was a couple of years ago where people just tune in to see what's going on. But it is showing that, you know, her last couple of films um, with Netflix like Falling for Christmas which was her Christmas film you both have probably watched that came out in 2022 that was a big I hit have actually oh, have you? sadly I did watch it that too. was a big hit too so Lindsay Lohan's kind of definitely well, you know, uh, you know we'd all probably give this a go like, so let's we be honest will. we might just have a crack no, well, the world time, is a dark though. place so why not watch it no it doesn't sound like we had like that last year one well, yeah. time now we have to, every year they bring out something like this you know yeah she's got another one coming down the line as well too just keep an eye out for that one you very easily get offended with that stuff but you just gotta watch it ah no you kind of have to take it in the spirit I think yeah. which Listen, is, if it you know, brings more Americans to visit yeah, let's have it bring it on about. so <laughs> we've another actor now who we're not sure how we feel about Adam Sandler yeah. Brian and this is Spaceman we'll take a listen here to some of it on behalf of the Eurospace programme 189 days into your solo journey Commander Prohaska how are you feeling? Wife Lenka, of course. I'm sure she's looking forward to having your home safe and sound. He's not doing well. He misses his wife. And he shouldn't have left. 
So this is out tomorrow on Netflix. Tomorrow. You think we might be surprised by this? Yeah, definitely. You know, look, usually when you hear the words an Adam Sandler movie, run. Run very fast. Mm-hmm. Switch off your TV. Don't watch it because Apart it's going to be Happy Gilmore because I love Happy Gilmore. Oh God, I, I am not an Adam Sandler fan. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an Adam Sandler fan in terms of his comedy. I really don't, really, really don't get it at all. But he has this deal, not unlike Lindsay Lohan, as you were talking about there, with Netflix, where he has to churn out all these movies every year and he churns out a lot of really bad comedies. But now and again, he has a go at drama. And when Adam Sandler has a go at drama, he always surprises and he always punches above his weight. The stuff he's done for Netflix so far, the Meyerwitz stories and Uncut Gems were both brilliant, so brilliant good. films. Yeah. Really, really good. So the guy, like a lot of comic actors, the guy can act. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Carrey show, that's your, uh, Robin Williams' list is endless. But co- comedians make very good dramatic actors. And in this case, he's really good in this. So this, it's called, it's a really simple premise. It's called Spaceman. He, I don't know if he's Russian or not, but he certainly has a kind of a Russian accent in it. So let's assume, they never say where he's from, but assuming he's a, some kind of cosmonaut. He's on a six-month solo mission in space. His family life is kind of falling apart. His wife back home, played by Carrie Mulligan, the relationship's not going very well. So he's kind of sad and lonely. Um, he meets this alien creature, which looks a bit like a, a giant spider. It's, I know this sounds really <laughs> weird. From a different kind of dimension. And it's, I'm not really selling it very well here. So he starts Keep talking going, to though, this giant it, spider, right? who's voiced by Paul Dano. And the giant spider decides that he's going to try and help him mend his home life. That sounds ridiculous. That sounds like an Adam Sandler comedy, Listen, but it's not. We all need a wishing chair and a giant well, look, spider. If you can have a wishing chair, <laughs> why not have a giant spider? <laughs> exactly. But this one's voiced by Paul Dano. How he speaks even English, I don't know. But anyway, basically, he 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 um, he helps him to mend his home life. Now, it's directed by the guy who directed the Chernobyl series, so you know Promising, it has that kind yeah. of brooding intensity to it, and a lot of it is just Sandler on screen on his own. But he he, he pulls it off really well. I think it's a, it's a, it's I saw it. It's really really good. You know, it's it, it sounds bizarre. But you know, give it a shot, give it a chance. Okay, it's really good. Spaceman out yeah. tomorrow. Spaceman on Netflix. out tomorrow on Netflix. Now, the people behind Game of Thrones, Eva, they have a new Netflix series. What's this about? It's called Three Body Problems. So I'd say a lot of people listening to this have actually read the book or at least encountered the book Three Body Problem, um, which was written by Ilu Sichin, who is a Chinese um, engineer and writer. And they're science fiction books that really lean heavily on you know the science part of it. He's an engineer by trade, so he's someone who's really kind of thinking deeply about a lot of. Different different concepts but in this story in Three Body Problem um, it's taken by the, the showrunners behind Game of Thrones David Benioff and D.B. Weiss they've teamed up with Alexander Wu to tell the story of what happens in the books and it's a tricky it's a tricky job to do right because this is a story about aliens basically who want to take over the earth but it's layered with lots of different stories so what you get in the series is these five Oxford graduates who get embroiled in this quest by the aliens to take over the planet but they're connected to the story in many different ways one through their work because they're scientists and one through kind of members of families of people related to this group. So the, the way the story is told, and I've watched about four or five episodes of it already in, in preview episodes, the way the story is told is it kind of unfolds episode by episode. So unlike Game of Thrones, you don't have these big, massive, bombastic scenes all the time. And it's maybe, you know, needs a bit of patience in terms of you have to kind of let the episodes lead you to where you're going. Um, it costs about $160 million per episode to yes. make this series. So you can expect a lot of visual effects in it. And for the most part, it's, you know, it's exactly what you'd expect from a big series like this because they have to show a lot of um, kind of virtual scenes that are as part of a virtual video game that's part of the, the plot and they work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that if this, this isn't one to just kind of throw on 
going to be browsing your phone. You need to be paying attention. There's a lot of science. Um, I'm not too sure if it's going to do the same as Game of Thrones did for them, even though the hope with Netflix is it will be just purely because it's not the kind of swords and, you know, that kind of drama that you have with yeah. it. It's a bit more intense. Well, the key is, do you, are you going to watch the rest of it? Well, you know what? What surprised me was, even though I wasn't, didn't think it was 100% for me, I've watched five episodes and every day I find myself sitting down to try and figure out, catch up with what's going on. And I think that is what you want out of a series. Yeah. I actually didn't want to leave it behind. So I think if if it's doing that for me as someone who hasn't read the books and who finds kind of some of the concepts in it a little bit hard to understand, but if they're broken down fairly well, I think, then I do think it will probably reach a broader audience than maybe you might expect. 21st of March on Netflix, Three Body Problem. Now, if you're going to bring us to the big screen, people will have seen a lot of promotion for the second part of the Dune adaptation. That's out tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Is it as is it going to be as good as we're led to believe? A lot of hype. There's a lot. There's always a lot of hype with Dune because it is that cult Frank Herbert novel, and because Denis, Denis Villeneuve is the director, and he has had such an amazing career. You know, if you think of films like Prisoners, Arrival, Sicario, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, everything he makes is amazing. The first Dune looked incredible. I couldn't make head nor tail of the plot, even though I'd seen the other film that was made um, uh, in the nineteen eighties, I think late late nineteen eighties. Um, but this uh, sequel is getting. Great Great, great reviews. I haven't seen it yet, but there are, are the same kind of questions around how clear the plot is. Mm-hmm. I would recommend having a bit of a read about it because you do have, as you often have in these stories, two houses facing off against each other on a planet. And this planet, there is um, an item called spice that can be mined and spice can make people money. So there's obviously, that's kind of the cause of the conflict there. You do have a great cast like Timothy Chalamet, you have Zendaya. So you have this lovely looking cast. All the beautiful people. Austin, Austin, Austin Butler. And you yeah. also have huge worms and a lot of sand dune fights and a lot of massive big set pieces so you'll be entertained even if you've no clue what's mm-hmm. happening in when you're missing that. your spider from the other thing <coughs> Ryan, exactly. spiders and worms and wishing chairs so. <laughs> I, I couldn't make head nor tail in the first deal I have to say yeah but you know what's good about that one is it's in IMAX as well so it'd be well worth going to see that in IMAX I'd say it'd be an amazing experience. well people said that about the it's first spectacle. one that you yeah. needed to see it on the on the big screen to definitely really get the value of it now your next one is a spin-off from the film The Gentleman but this was a, a TV series on Netflix called yeah. The Gentlemen. Yeah, The Gentlemen, which starts on March the 7th. So if you saw the film, I actually really enjoyed the film. Again, Guy Ritchie is kind of marmite, you know, people, mm-hmm. some people love him, some people hate him. You know, there, his movies tend to be very laddish and there's lots of, you know, explosions and guns and, you know, but 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 sometimes he does it really well. And The Gentleman, the, the one he made with Matthew McConaughey back in 2022, I think it was, yeah, not that long ago. Anyway, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> plays this guy who's a, obviously an American guy. He lives in England. He he is growing grass, basically. He's selling marijuana and he's growing it on the estates of all these rich English gentlemen. So that's basically the plot. Uh, Colin Farrell was in it. Really good movie. Now, this is a spin-off. So this is the son of one of those characters played by Theo James, who's a great actor, really up-and-coming English actor. He was in The White Lotus recently. He was, he was. Really cool yeah, actor. he's great in that. So he plays the gentleman in the title in this. He inherits an estate, but he also inherits the drug business that comes with it. So... Uh, Guy Ritchie uh, wrote it and directed it. Take that as you will. That's either a good thing or a very bad thing. From the trailer, I haven't seen it yet. It starts on March the 7th. It's six parts. It's got an interesting cast, including Ray Winston's in it and uh, the guy from Breaking Bad, whose name is Casey. What's his name? Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. That guy from Breaking Bad Mm -hmm. is in it too. So it it looks amazing. Lots of action in it. Lots of guns. Lots of explosions. Lots of clever little one-liners. It's even got Vinnie Jones in it. Again, could be a good thing, could be a bad (laughs) thing. But you know what? I'd say it'll be an interesting one. Well, Vinnie Jones works a lot with Guy Ritchie. He's not a great actor. You know what you're getting if it's Guy Ritchie. You're getting getting all those guys. So you switch your brain off and just have a bit of crack. Listen, the other one I want uh, to mention is the Steve Martin documentary. That's on Apple, is it? It's going to be coming up on Apple 
in about three weeks' time. So this is a big, big two-part documentaries, two-part documentary on on the life of Steve Martin, which obviously he's involved it right from the from the from the get-go. So it's broken up into two parts. The first part is a kind of a traditional biographical documentary looking back over his career talking to him talking to his collaborators looking at clips etc etc the second part of it is more an analytical look at where he is at today you know he's quite a deep thinker he's a guy who goes through a lot of therapy you know he collects very fine art he writes plays he writes novels so the second part of it isn't so much a look back over his career as a look at where he is now and how he feels about his career he wrote a great book called Born standing up, it was about his life as a as a comedian, and it's quite it's quite introspective, you know, because mm-hmm. he went to a point where he was playing to stadiums, you know, he was playing to like ten thousand people, and all of a sudden he just said, at the height of his career, he walked away, man. He said, "Why am I doing this? Like this is not why I started yeah. to be a comedian." You always so, have to have a health warning though with these projects that they're involved in themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah, they... yeah. But I think I think he's enough. I think he. Uh, having read about it, the director of it says that he's a very hum- he's a very humble man. He appears to be a very humble guy, not very doesn't really you know mm. live the superstar lifestyle. So I think he can look at his career quite objectively and quite critically, you know. Yeah. And in this film, actually, for example, Steve Martin made a film called Mick- Mixed Nuts years ago. Terrible film. Nobody ever saw it. It's rubbish, right? But your man says in this in this document they spend more time talking about that than they do about films like Roxanne. Mm-hmm. So he dwells more on his mistakes and his failures than he does on his successes. So on that level, it might be kind of interesting. might be worth a watch. That's Apple TV. So That's on about Apple three TV. Weeks time. coming up on there. Uh, yeah, about three weeks time. Right. So we've plenty to, to watch out for. Have you both watched One Day? Yes, I was bawling yeah. crying. Yeah, I was as well. And I've read the book. I know all about it. And yeah. I'm still, you know, really sad at the end. Brian? I was I was, I was forced to watch it, yes. Forced yes. to oh, watch listen. it. Listen, I've got three daughters. Uh, <laughs> my wife and three daughters. So well, I had no choice. It was that or nothing, you know. So. It was really, really well done. The soundtrack was such a blast in the past. Listening to Badly Drawn Boy and Cocteau Twins. You know, kudos to whoever was the music supervisor. Yeah, I, I was day. reading the, the coffee shop that they used in London. You know, the coffee shop that he yeah. runs yeah. At, at one stage. with That that has been absolutely bombarded with people going there. And now there's a big plan. On, in July for everybody to go and meet up there. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I'll I know see you there so guys. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the film but I believe it's a lot better than the movie. The movie yeah. apparently wasn't I didn't good see the movie. All. I did read the book as I said years Same. ago. I thought I knew the plot and then fell for it again on, on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both so much. Lovely to see you. Ethan and Brian we take a break. Text 51551 Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.